so weather for you. What do you do on, with if everything's moldy? Do you just send it to the dry cleaner? I mean, and can they fix it? Yeah, look, you, yeah, you know, it's you, you sort of a, a solution of vinegar and water and a few things and a wipe down and then you know you, you know, but it's it's just mold everywhere. So, um, then so you sort of got to get the house all up and heated and starting to dry out, which it is now. But, uh, but Sydney was sort of descended upon in mold. It got that wet. It just rained. Ugh. Um, oh, that's awful. Is, yeah. I can't Terrible. even stand the smell of it when you go someplace that's really old and, and not in great shape and you can just smell the mold. Ugh. Yep. Yeah, no, it's, 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 yeah, it's not fun. And, and Sydney, unfortunately, Sydney's one of those cities that um, only works when the sun's out. As soon as, as soon as there's any hint of rain, you know, the, the, the public transport system fails, you know, traffic becomes chaotic. Um, and, you know, and for a sort of subtropical city, we're not very good at handling downpours of rain, I think, don't think. Yeah, um, we're exactly the same. <laughs> Southern California, not great in the rain. Uh, right. the, the traffic incidents goes way up. People forget how to drive. It's insane. Yeah. Our, our, in, um, in San Diego, our, our, our tram system shuts down. <laughs> it's, it's, it's uh, uh in LA the underground shuts down. I mean, yeah, none of us we yeah. people in California. Well, not all. I mean, San Francisco's different because they have weather. Um, but San Diego and all of LA, all the Southern California areas, Orange County, they all have the same uh, thing. None of us know how to handle rain. <laughs> right. <laughs> Never have. <laughs> yeah. I was born and raised here. I know. Never have. Uh, <laughs> um, I wanted to ask you, this is probably, I mean, last time we talked, we talked about cryptotears, but I want to go back to the beginning of Miss Fisher. When yeah. did, how, yeah, did you, how did you get started on it? Who, how, who invited you? All, all that oh, good stuff. Oh, yeah. Look, look. Oh, okay. Look, I'll, I'll see if my old grey matter can, can go back there. But um, it was um, I remember Fiona Riga, who as we all know, mm-hmm. um, approached me. I'd, I'd worked on a series before with Fiona a few years ago, um, and we kind of had a, quite a good, good working relationship. So she knew who I was. So um, after sort of talking through a few, you know, various ideas. Um, Fiona, Fiona and Deb then um, approached me and said, hey, look, we've got the rights to this series of books and um, would you like to have a read? And I said, oh, I'd love to. And um, the first one was Cocaine Blues. And I read it and thought, oh, this is fantastic. This is, this is great. They said, yeah, we're, we're going to try and do a, a murder mystery show. Uh, would you like to direct it? And I said, oh, Fiona, I'd love to do that. They kind of said, okay, great. So they, they went about getting a script and... Um, and at the time, I had just come off doing um, a lot of uh, a lot of very true gritty crime drama, and I had a reputation for that kind of violent crime drama, you know, feel. And the network went, "Oh, is Tony the right guy?" And Fiona said, "No, no, no, I want Tony." So it was it was actually fantastic. Good on Fiona for sticking up for me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so yeah, you know, and so um, they got that first script, which was just fantastic. 
Um, and then, of course, you know, then we go, okay, then who do we, who do we get to play this iconic character? Mm. Um, um, it was a big one, and also, you know, the, then, then, you know, also then introducing the kind of the, you know, the earth to the, you know, the unresolved sexual tension of, of bringing in the character of Jack. That was an important, important part of it. Um, so we started the audition process. So, you know, we go through a whole lot of, you know, uh, well-known Australian act- actresses and um, and and um, leading men, um, and then you sort of put together a short list. You know, we had a short list of who, you know, who was on our list, and then we got it down to about two possible, two possible Fridays and a couple of guys. So you you put them into the room and look at the chemistry, and look at the chemistry. Um, and see who was that. Now, Essie was always the standout. You know, that was no, there was no question about mm-hmm. that. She was the, yeah. she was the one. Um, you know, she just had that, just had that sass. You know, once we kind of, con- once we convinced Essie to come on board, and it's a kind of interesting one because it's very hard for you know any actor who's massive theatre, you know, lots lots of film work, and I think the idea of a TV series for her. Was a kind of interesting, interesting jump in those terms. You know, you're kind of going, you know, how do I really feel like signing on to a series? Because the worst part is when you sign onto a series, they tend to, they tend to kind of try and lock you in on a contract, in contract terms. Most actors will find, you know, once you, once you sign up for a series, you're signing up for maybe three seasons, and that can be a that can be a, a, a interesting thought for an act, you know, for an actress who's or an actor who's, you know, who's, who's very serious about their craft. Mm-hmm. So um, you know, thankfully she said yes, yay. and so yay again, yay! You yay. know, we go great. Now, now we go, and so, and so then we had this fantastic period where we go, okay, who is the Jack? Mm. And so we had this day where we had a short list of guys, and we were just looking at the chemistry, <laughs> um, and it was fun because it's also the hard part is, and what's funny is that. You do have these scenes, and it's like any any audition scene. There is, you have a scene that's from the script, basically. That's you know, or sometimes they get written specifically for an audition, or but sometimes they're just the scene from the script, you know. And you play out this, so you're doing these scenes over and over and over again, and trying to work it all out. Anyway, so so we went through this various you know various times, various guys, and um, we go back and we get back and we all have. The, Discussion about it, and and Essie knew Essie knew who she wanted, <laughs> no question. <laughs> um, um, and um, and we agreed, we absolutely agreed. Of course, you know, we, we and we know who that is. We know his Nathan, don't we? Um, and at the time, at the time, Nathan he was um, relatively unknown. Like he wasn't like a big a big actor in, in the in the Australian TV scene. Um, I'd worked with him before. Um, I'd worked with him for a couple of times actually, so I kind of I knew that I knew it was going to be great. That's where that kind of started, you know. And that's the kind of and so we had our Jack and we had our Farney, and then we go on the search for the for our Hugh and our Dot. Um, and again, you go through that same process of trying to find these people. But again, you find these, you know, absolutely, you know, you go stand out, you know. Um, actually, you know, just they were all fantastic, you know. So. That was and that was a fun process, that audition process to kind of get them all together, you know. Um, As uh, so, Carrie uh, Greenwood said when she saw Essie, she said, "I want her! I want her!" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
That's right. I thought that was so adorable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's right. So, you know, and it's always a funny thing. It's also, also the interesting thing is too, um, when you do audition, um, from my point of view anyway, there's certain things that you get certain energies in the room that you don't get or you don't perceive certain things in the room that when you look at, once you've recorded them and put them on your playback on the screen, that you'll see different things. So sometimes, and I've, you know, it's really important to do both, um, to see the different energies, because I've, you know, I've been trapped before where I felt an actor wasn't doing in the room. I went, ah, oh, the actor's a bit, you know, a bit didn't really didn't really work for me in the room. But when I saw it on screen, I went, wow, that's fantastic. So it's 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 really interesting to see that that, that different thing. And I think that's a, and that's I think that's part of the the difference between I guess uh, live theatre and film. You know why you're thinking why some actors seem to be so much better on the stage, but not as good on on the screen. And those that are on the screen are fantastic, but seem not to be so interesting on the theatre. Um, it's just a weird chemistry. You know, the the, the, the camera does weird things. I, Magical things is the best way to describe it. I heard an interview with Mike Nichols, and he calls it they, that the camera takes the film and percolates it, or something. <laughs> that, <laughs> that when he did his first movie, which was Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf, he didn't get quite the performance out of Elizabeth Taylor that he wanted, even though she was really working hard. And yet he said, but. When it was film was processed and he saw it in rushes, he goes, "Oh, it was there." He just didn't see it on the stage. Is that something yeah, that you're? Yeah. Ta- is that what you're talking about? That's exactly what I'm talking about. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Um, that um, uh, that's exactly the thing. Enough, but you know, I've been fooled before. You know, where I've gone, um, where you you look at it and go, "Oh my God, they were doing so much," and I couldn't see it physically in the room for some reason I don't know why um, and yet and yet that's the camera the camera's got this kind of uh, you know I call it alchemy it was something kind of something just really interesting when it goes down that lens you know um, it's it's something you know so so you've got to be you know it's what it's always good to do you know to be careful about both you know so sometimes in the room you go man that, that was fantastic you're great but when you look at it back you kind of go oh no not so good so you know it's um, it's the wonderful joys of um, of this profession, I guess. It's no the magic of the camera. It's Goldman says. It's the magic of the camera. <laughs> it is the magic of the camera. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, so then once we had once we had all the, um, you know, all the cast, you know, we go through the we go through the. Oh, look, I, I, I think I tell this story once too. We had um, we went across. We were. I was still trying to work out how to how to um, how the style of the show how are we going to do it right and so we talked about the dp and um we talked to various D- dps and we talked to some you know really young up-and-coming ones um as well and um and i sort of fiona and i had a discussion i said look fiona i really felt like i really wanted to have a little bit of old school lighting you know like that old classic lighting feel i didn't want to feel didn't want to feel sort of too kind of i don't know too noirish i guess is what i'm trying to or too Underlit, you know, there was a big trend for sort of natural lighting and all this kind of stuff. And I felt like, no, no, I really wanted to kind of give a bit of glamour to this. Um, and of course, so we talked to Roger Lancer, who had done a, um, done a lot of great stuff. He was done a lot of early Kenneth Branagh films, and uh, so he was our choice to start that process. 
Cool. So then I was, <laughs> yeah, which was great, you know, which is fantastic. Um, and so then the next the next one was then I was sort of going, you know, how do we film it? What do we see? You know, what's the style? We went over for our first look at wardrobe and Marion was there with all her ideas about designs and the wardrobe. And I sat there and went, oh my God, this is, I said, this really has dictated how I shoot this. I, I walked back with Fiona saying, Fiona, it's not, it's not who done it, it's what you're wearing when it's been done. <laughs> yeah, it, it made the show look like it was a movie budget because their clothes were so amazing. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> They were all just hand, you know, just, you know, the crazy, just fantastic, you know, like just these designs. And so that, and so then I go, okay. So then I knew that that was the, that was one of the key factors to the show um, on, on how to shoot it. Um, um, and so that's where that all comes together. And of course, then you know, then we start the process, and the rest they say is history. I guess is the, you know. Um, yeah, they were the kind of the, the key factors coming in, and then plus the locations around Melbourne. You know, trying to kind of get into the, trying to get into the National Trust buildings to get this flavour, um, and all of that kind of stuff. You know, because you're still we're still trying to do period, period on it at this time. You know, it's, 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 we don't have a big budget, um, and so trying to find those locations, um, all of that process, um, and that's you know, and then and then that's how it all started. You know, that whole way to go. I fell in love with the show before I saw it because uh, it was on PBS here, and right. we were watching some other show, and they had the commercial for it, and I went, whoa, wait a minute, rewind that, <laughs> and I, uh, when is it starting again, and wrote it down, <laughs> Because I was like, that's what I wanted to see. Because it's just the clothes, the style, just her walking off the boat with the pile of luggage behind her. It's just, it was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. I forgot. Yeah, that's, yeah all, all of that. So that was the kind of, that was the start of it. That was the, the yeah, that's exactly it. And it's her... That whole journey back, but all that stuff. Her, but that look and that look and feel on the and the sets. You know, Robbie's sets, of course, were just amazing. He's, you know, the the interior design of that house was just terrific. You know, the the colour tone, the richness, the layer of it, um, um, all of that stuff. You know, um, you know, we, we we didn't have a big studio space, but you know, he made it all look fantastic. You know, so there were quite a few collaborators on that show. You know, um, you know. From you know wardrobe design, makeup, you know, the, you know the amazing, the amazing, you know, and 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 you know, and good on good on Essie. She got that, she got that haircut, and it looked great on her. She looked yeah, great. Yeah, she did. That, yeah. Um, um, and so all of that, you know, it was um, just trying to just taking back memory lane here a bit. It's kind of yeah, it was a lot of fun to shoot. You know, we had a great, great, great cast and crew, and we do, you know, we were as we said, we were sort of working on. You know, it's like all shows. You don't know if it's going to if it's going to find an audience, but um, it found one, which is fantastic. I actually, I had seen her in another in, a, in another show. I saw her in the Girl with the Pearl airing as Colin First Wife, and I I did oh, not yes. recognize Essie as the same person. I mean, she's a chameleon. She could totally, totally, totally take over any character. Come 
don't even recognise her at all. In fact, you know, a lot of her other stuff comes, you know, from other other characters she's played. You're kind of going, wow, is that, that's what that is, is My God. So, yes, you know, an absolute amazing actress. Yes, she is. Absolutely incredible. Yeah. Yeah. You know. I, I mean, I've seen other movies she made in the past and didn't realise I had seen them. You know, you know how when you watch yeah. somebody who's amazing and you look them up, and you, oh, I have seen them. <laughs> that's right, yeah, totally, 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 totally. But uh, but that's yeah. the one that popped into my head when we were talking is The Girl with the Pearl Earring because she was, that, there was nothing of Phryne in that character. That was like, yeah. it, I mean, yeah. she didn't look like, her, she didn't sound like her voice was different. Her body movement is different, and but when you look at her and other characters she's played, she that's what she does. She's a, she's like I said, she's a chameleon. <laughs> yeah, no, she's she's incredible, which is good. No, it's great. Well, I mean, that's she, why she's, she's great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's a great actress. Um, yeah, I, I always thought she deserved. Um, what uh, what do you guys call the award for, for um, that you get for TV oh. there? Oh, we have the Logies and we have the um, we have the Logie Award, which is a sort of more of a popular vote. But we also have the Actor Awards here as well, um, which is kind of our 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 Film Institute Awards. Yeah. Because I I thought and she have... should have gotten it for Friday. <laughs> oh, we all we all think the same. Do you know like? It's always been a sore point, I have to say, for all of us, um, that Essie's work was never recognised, you know. Or, and, you know and, and a lot of the cast work on that show. Oh was yeah, I mean, awards. I mean, look, awards. Look, everybody. Awards, you know, we all know. We all know awards ceremonies are political. You know, there, there is a politics to it. Mm-hmm. Um, unless it's sort of like a popular thing, we don't. We have a lot of. You know, like. And we have a we have a sort of a popular kind of award cert, but that tends to be more uh, for when it was the commercial networks as opposed to uh, public broadcasting, which was the ABC, the, you know, basically a gum, like a, a it's a public broadcaster. Um, so that was always a little bone of contention for all of us, really. Um, that, sh- that 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 was never recognised. The show was never recognised actually for its popularity. You know, I won't be too unkind, but that's the, you know the that's the snobbery of our our in, uh, industry here sometimes. I I just I, it was like uh, I I I see that here a lot when the Emmys roll around. A lot of times the shows that are nominated I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> I've never even heard of them. <laughs> That's that's right, you know, and it's sort of yeah. That's so there is there is a, so there are certain shows, you know, that that you know that are that are within the community here, you know, feel like uh, yeah, you know, they are anointed or they they're certain they're certain politically correct shows or whatever it may be. But uh, no, I think it's I think it would have been good for for Essie to have won won that at least one of those awards for acting. But um, but she's got the, it's got the heart of the people. That's what counts. Yeah. Um, and she's a stage actress. She's she's fine. <laughs> she's fine. She's fine. She's fine. <laughs> and she's got great movies, and she's got another TV. Oh, shows look, she's got a huge body of work. You yeah. know, I think of her. I think of the sex Fiona Fiona 
piano in my dorm more than it does Essie, I think, in a way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because I also thought she should have gotten one for the uh, White Princess as Best Supporting yeah. Actress because she was amazing as her mother. I mean, that was she was actually much more interested than the interesting than the lead in that movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Because she right. was just—I don't know if you ever saw it, but it was she was really a complex character, but you totally were on her side. <laughs> Right. <laughs> uh, it was really a good movie. I mean, good miniseries. Um, yep. That's another one I thought she should have won. <laughs> yep, but, you know, but, uh, no, I think she's still, you know, she's still working hard, which is great, you know. Yep. So you have, you had a hell of a cast. You had Nathan, and you had Hugo, and you had Ashley, and you yep. had Anthony, and you had Travis. Yep. Um, yep. Is this like, was it like a family group? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It's you know, it's it's you know, especially those 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 shows that become um, um, uh, like ensemble type shows. Very much, you know, you 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 enjoy the ensemble and they become very much family, you know. Um, so when you catch up, you know, especially when you go for another season or come back to it together, it's. Um, it's you know it's fantastic. It's like you know, like a school reunion or something. You know, it's kind of like wow, guys. You know, um, so um, all of that was great. Very much, very much family. But you know, I think every cloud, you know, Deb and Fiona do do definitely as a production company promote that idea of you know of family. You know, that's mm-hmm. very important to them. And the good thing about uh, uh, Miss Fisher is that. Uh, all the characters evolved. Even even Franny evolved. She even changed. Even though she said she t- is what she is and all this stuff, but she changed. <laughs> she grew. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's, that's absolutely right. That's exactly it. Yeah. You know, and it's it's a sort of you know, and I think that that's the thing that worked. The chemistry between the cast was what really was what really worked really well. You know, that that was the one. You know. That that really kind of helped that show because you know if the chemistry is not there with the with the actors then you it's an uphill battle. There's this one shot at the end of the season that I have to ask you about at the first season when she's wearing that incredible uh, gray dress that Marion created at the her birthday party at the end and it's and it's swirling silk all I mean was that. Essie moving it, or was it a fan? How did you get it to float like that? <laughs> no, that's Essie. That's that's Essie just working that dress, you know. Um, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> you know, I think it's part of I think it's part of the great design that allowed it to flow, like it had that sort of flow to it. And I think that's a, um, you know, that was the that was you know a great a great great moment there, you know that that. That wardrobe, in particular, you know, and the way she wore it, you know, she she could certainly wear the wardrobe, you know. What I mean, that was the, um, so you know, once once you knew you had an actress that could, you know, could wear it, you could really design the wardrobe for her, especially. The other thing I really enjoyed, and I interviewed Nathan, and he said that uh, there was when they played tennis that there was no ball. <laughs> <laughs> Ball. <laughs> no ball. <laughs> yeah, I think that's 
on a date waiting for Nathan to try and hit a ball, you know, <laughs> or hit the ball, hit the ball in the right spot. You know, that, that, that's a tricky one. It's like, um, it's like sort of, you know, anytime you're filming that sort of that situation, to, because you need the actors to be in the right spot, the right place, and the right, you know, the, so the camera and all of that stuff. So the the the, the ball, <laughs> the ball was probably was added later. You know, <laughs> made, made life so much so much easier, so much faster. You know. <laughs> The ball was CGI. Yeah, the ball was put in later. It was yeah, much 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 easier to put the ball in later. That is so funny. That is hilarious. Yeah, yeah. That was one of the one of my questions. Was, you know about playing tennis, and he goes, "Oh, we really played air tennis." <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's right. That's no, great. That's very good. Very very good. Um. Now, you were talking about chemistry before between um, uh, Essie and Nathan. And as their relationship changed in the show, how did you focus on, I mean, what, how did it get highlighted? I mean, I know it's part of the script, but you know what I'm saying? How It, it, it changed. So you must have changed the way you shot it, or is it just the change in their acting, or is it the change? I mean, I know it's a strange question, but I was thinking about it. <laughs> yeah, look, I don't look. I, I, you know, look. I think there, there, there probably was not a real kind of strong, um, say, the way we shot it. Um, there wasn't that. I don't think that was the. I think. I think there was a, you know, it was, it was, it came, it, it, it's a couple of factors. One was it, it comes out of the confidence of the actors working together. I think both Essie and Nathan were, had, were very, very comfortable working together. Um, and they were very, very um, intuitive as to what the other person was doing. Mm. Um, you know, and so they, they were reacting to what they were given, you know. And this is always one of the, you know, the great acting classes that, is that you know you can only work with the energy that's coming from the other person. You can't force you can't force a performance. Well, you can try to force a performance. If the other actor's not giving you that, you can try and force something that's not you're not receiving. But it just doesn't. It comes across as bad acting you know, mm-hmm. in the end. So you really have to work with what you what you're getting. And I think what's what was fantastic was that. Um, that they were on the same page, Nathan and Essie, in terms of in terms of what they were playing with, and they mm-hmm. were able to play play with what they were getting, and they kind of in that in that kind of um, lovely flirtatious way, um, that kind of really really kind of work, you know worked for them. So as they became much more confident with them, with each other, that kind of came through, and you know, and they knew they had you know playing those. Those beats from the script, um, and I think, and I think you know, this is sort of interesting for Nathan that his his stillness and stillness got better and better and better, mm-hmm. um, and I think that you know that allows you to kind of to kind of put a lot more kind of meaning into that those moments. Uh, I think that was part of it. 
that's that sort of makes sense, I guess. Yeah, it does. It does. It's, it, it, it it just it seemed to me that not only the performance changed, but the entire show went with the change as it progressed. Do you know what I'm saying? It wasn't just their relationship; it was everything. It just their relationship sort of sparked the rest of it. Does that make sense? Yeah, look, look, look. I think it. I think it does make sense because I think what you're doing is that um, when you set out on a show, you are writing. You know, you're writing the trajectory of the arc that you think you're going to get. Um, and so you're right for you know, and you know, on various shows that I've worked on. So you're writing for you're, you're writing for what the show is, what what the what the story, the plot, the characters, what they need to do. But then once you sort of look at what you're getting back. Um, from performances from various actors, you know, you're kind of going, oh wow, they, they were really good at that type of scene, or not so good at this type of scene. So you want to start writing to the strengths of your actors. Oh, so you don't want to you, you don't want to you don't want to put your actor in, in a situation where they can't do it. There's no mm, point yeah, doing of course. So, yeah. <laughs> so subconsciously, so subconsciously, you start to kind of the writers, you know, or the writer Deb and that they. They they sort of know they know the beats that work you know they know the comedic beats you know so so you've been a script reading and, and, and you know and and people go oh look I know Nathan I'll put this here Tony because I know those two will just do this so well you know and we don't need to write other stuff because we know that these two actors will just do it you know and I I, I know exactly what you mean um, and so you start to write you're still keeping your arcs but you're starting to write to the strength of the actors and the performances. And so um, Hugo, you know, can you know is, a, is an incredible comedic actor, you know. So you you kind of write you write more for him, but also also as a director, even if he's in a scene, you know he's going to be comedic. Mm -hmm. And so you you will you will you will you you give him a bit more coverage. So you've got that comedic beat in, in your edit as well. And so so so, so it's all the so so you're working on a kind of the psychology of. Of that, plus as a director, you know, you know your actors how to shoot them. So yes, it's probably all a, a greater, uh, a, um, a greater sort of subconscious level to make it stronger. Which sometimes you know you're doing it, and sometimes you don't know you're doing it. To answer your question in a really long-winded way. <laughs> um, I wanted to ask you about the romance between uh, Hugo, Hugo, Hugh and Dot, um, yeah. because that also evolved incredibly um and vast um so were they always meant to be together from the beginning look i think there was, there was always it was always you know that that idea you know you wanted that other you know the kind of um that sort of other romance going on um i think it kind of um you know, it, it, it developed faster than I think we thought it would because I think they were capable of doing it, you know. I think that's the interesting thing. You know, you can kind of, how long do you drag it out or how long don't you? Um, but again, it's the chemistry of those two, you know. Again, it's the, chem the great chemistry of those two, which is fantastic. Because their characters really developed a lot. I mean, uh, both uh, Hugh and Dot were almost unrecognizable in the third season compared to what they were in the first season. I mean, they really you, developed... You know, look, look, yeah, look, I think, but I think that was always that was always part of the greater plan, with especially with 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 Dot's character. Because we, you know, we we wanted to start her, you know, as um, 
you know, as quite a naive, innocent, you know, very strong religious background, not exposed to the idea of feminism or the whole concept of feminism was just not, was not a thought that she'd ever understood or entertained, you know? Um, and so it was always going to be a great arc for that character, you know, to, for her, for her basically all of a sudden, all, you know, all of a sudden going, you know, on adventures with Franny and get, doing her own detective work, you know, um, and, you know, you know, for, at the start she was scared of electricity. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it will be in the center of the earth and it will explode. <laughs> <laughs>
that's what I mean. That's, but I, but it, look, it, look, exactly. That's what I, I do mean that. But but if that's the intention of the show, great, you know. But it's when you're trying to do, um, um, yeah, it's a, it's it's, it's a tonal thing. But, but, but that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. You know, exactly that. Um, so we, we we did have two, you know, two versions of of romance. I guess is what we're trying to we were trying to get with Friday. It was it was great. I loved it. I want uh, sorry fans, but we're going to transition here. Um, I want to hear about your new show, the one that's going to be on Netflix. Oh yes, um, yes. Uh, it's called Mr. Midnight. Mr. Midnight, Beware the Monsters. Um, and it's on Netflix on from October the twenty fourth, which um, yeah, which is soon from when we recorded this one. Um, Yes, so it's 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 a based on a young adult um, young adult books that were like written in Singapore, and so they became very very popular in the in the late eighties and ni- well nineties I suppose, and they were a bit like a they like sort of goosebumps you know that kind of thing. But they're Asian characters, um, Asian monsters, Asian stories, um, and it was always a great always a great series of books. And in fact, they outsold Harry Potter. Um, in Singapore, Malaysia, and the Philippines, and all that kind of period. So there's a lot of kids that grew up reading these books. Now they're very, you know, they're, they're, they're for young adults, tweens. Um, and so I was always fascinated by that. So we've ended up making a series based, very based, very inspired by, I guess is the best way to describe, by these books. Um, and so it's a bunch of teenagers who go to an international school in Indonesia, um, and they encounter some very, very interesting interesting Asian ghosts and spirits and monsters on a quest to solve what is going on. Um, so it's, it's it sort of like a ghost mystery? It's a ghost mystery. Look, there's a sort of, there's, you know, there's a, you know, it starts as sort of, I guess, like a monster of the week type thing, but it then becomes very much uh, an ongoing something, something, something's disturbed, you know, something's disturbing this place. Why are the spirits angry? Who, what's the cause of it? And so these kids go on search of, you know, they start to realise something else, something weird's going on. So they, they sort of, they lead it. They set up a kind of, um, they set up basically uh, a blog, a video, you know, a video blog um, for people to write in and tell them what's, you know, what weird things are going on. And that's how it all starts them on this quest. Um, and it's a lot of fun. It's a, it's a lot of fun. I've been working on the show for about seven years to get it all up. Um, oh, gosh. And, yeah, yes, <laughs> that's right. And um, and of course we shot it during COVID, so that's uh, in, in Indonesia. It's it, it's all in English. It's mostly it's, it's all in English. Because um, we had it, we, we set it in international schools, so we could use that kind of that. You know, we've got a Malaysian boy and Chinese girl and English girl and an Australian guy and you know an Indonesian guy, and so we've got a kind of a great mix of students there. Um, and so. Yeah, it's it's um it's a it's a it's a it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun, and so you know, it's basically it's horror. You know, it's supposed to be horror. It's supposed to be scary. Um, I wanted to make a show that was that was scary that you could hide on. You know, that would cause kids to hide under the couch, hide behind the couch. <laughs> you know, give Picking them nightmares. Over it. Kind of, Picking between yeah, the fingers. Um, <laughs> that, yeah, all of that. That's exactly it. That's what I wanted, and it kind of. In, in a kind of non-condescending way, you know, I want it to be f- still funny. It's still got lots of humour, um, um, 
but you know it's it doesn't shy away from being scary which is always a really difficult area when you're in that market for that audience you know that there's a there is a kind of people you know the networks will get nervous about you know being too scary because if it's too scary they'll turn it off but it has to be scary because that's what you know you want people to be scary scared it's good fun it's good it's fun to be scared um so there's no there's no you know we don't have any blood or any gore we're not like we're not sort of that sort of level um it's you know it's the scariness of tensions you know of um of that stuff so you know it's um good it's good it's really really good so hopefully it will find an audience i don't know so it's more Um, of a thriller for kids it's a thriller for kids. Look, I, I would call it. Look, you know, I think how would you describe it? I would say it. It has hints of uh, Stranger Things. Okay. Um, has hints of that, but not as you know, not as not as quite as adult as that. But there is that kind of element. There is, um, you know, as I said, it's sort of there has a sometimes a goosebumpy feel. You know, the old good old goosebumps. Yeah, so, but there is a there is a mystery to be solved, and it's, and look, they're only half hours, a beautiful half hour format, which I really love, um, so it's, it's really good fun to, you know, and it's so, and half hour, what I love about the half hour format is that the story moves, moves along, like, it's no, uh, it, it just rocked along, so it's a bit of a, it's a good one I can ride. Um, it so, kind yeah, of reminds me you know, of the... Shows I saw when I was a kid, they used to have in the afternoon like live shows where it was like half hour shows that were live action um, Saturday morning. So it was for kids, but they would have these shows like Isis or Isis the Goddess, not the other thing. Uh, yes, yes. <laughs> and, and things like that, that was like a, well, it, she was sort of a superhero, but it was the same thing with a half hour show and you got all this stuff in in a half hour. <laughs> yeah, that, that's right. Look, look, you know, look, look, and we have, you know, it was, um, it's great fun because it's got a kind of, it's got a, it's got an Asian tone, which is fantastic. It's got some great, great monsters. We, we used the, um, we, um, we didn't want to do too much CGI. We actually wanted to use uh, a lot of practical effects and prosthetics. Um, so our monsters were all, uh, you know, exist in the real world. Um, and so we had the odd studio team here in Australia, but they came over to um, to Indonesia for us, because they did Mad Max and all that stuff as well. So they did our prosthetics, and it looks fantastic. Cool. That's yeah. really cool. Um, you know, and so you have all this great, and you have this great Asian monsters, or not monsters, but but sort of ghosts and spirits, you know. And there's a thing with a, there's a, it's hard to describe, and I'll just give you an instance of one of them. Uh, there's a thing called a pochong. And a pochong, a pochong is basically a shroud ghost, and it's a, it's a spirit that's trapped in a shroud, that's tied in a shroud. It's a very, very, um, very, very uh, Muslim uh, spirit in Indonesia. That's that's quite scary of it. Um, and to show you how much it's, people still believe in it, that during COVID in Indonesia to help with the lockdown, they had police dressed up as pochongs, which is in a white shroud, that tied at the head and not standing at the end of sitting at the end of the street. And people were so scared they didn't come out of their houses <gasps> that night. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
was I, 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 this is really off topic, but uh, the last episode of Xena takes place in Japan, and it's all about yeah. the ghosts, and they have some really scary ghosts in Japan. I mean, yeesh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, look, there was some. There were some ghosts that we couldn't have because they were just too, too, um, uh, too really bad for kids shows. Yeah, not, like, too scary. Yeah, yeah, too, too scary, or, or, um, um, but also just too the meaning behind them was too much because we had to be really careful also about cultural appropriation, not making sure that we're not, you know, we're not that the spirits are the, you know, uh, you know, right and within the within the realms. We're not we're not delving into sort of too much religious cultures in those terms. Oh yeah, um, and that was always fun. So you know, there's just things like that, and there's just there's just great things that um, that I you know, love about the shows. You'll find out that um, in in some Asian cultures that if you if you look between your legs, if you bend down between your legs, you can see the what the real world actually is, as okay. opposed to just about being being tricked by spirits. So if you ever feel like you're being tricked by a spirit, if you look, you bend over and look between your legs, you'll see what's really happening or what that spirit is. Um, and that's always fun. Oh, Stuff my like God. That. That's interesting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, we, so, we, so we, we're playing with all that, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I think I think one of the great, you know, you've got me talking, but I think one of the great things about um, the difference between, I guess, um, uh, Western horror and Asian horror is that would be that in the West, you know, you're in your bedroom, it's dark, it's night time, you just, you know, the moon's out, and all of a sudden your wardrobe starts to shake and rattle and bang and, and do all this. And I think in the West we go, oh, my God, I have a ghost in my wardrobe. In Eastern cultures, you're in the same, you're in a bedroom, same thing happens, the wardrobe starts to shake. But their thought is that, why is that ghost in my wardrobe angry? <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. And they have they yeah. have a very uh, their ghosts are all ancestral, the ancestor culture, right? You know, that's that's great that's grandfather. Exactly, that's exactly right. So the ghost, the, the, the spirit world, the spirit world is is really really always always near, you know, like uh, always always just there, you know. And I think that's what, that's the fun part. So we kind of explore some of those themes in the show as well. You know, and, you know, for kids, which is great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was like, why is great-grandpa mad? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's exactly it. What's going on? Um, and that's the sort of, yeah. So we have all that to play with. So, you know, it's, you know, we have, um, so, you know, no, 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 we have to sort of take me seven years to get the show up. So it's um, very different to Friday. Um, but it's sort of, you know, it's, it's, it's from, you know, I'd say eight-year-olds to, you know, 15, 16, or, you know, or people with young at heart, really. Um that's where it sits, so we'll see how it goes. But as it's, it's, it's a worldwide worldwide release, um, which is the one thing about those streaming services. Um, it all it all gets dropped in time for Halloween. And is it? I I don't have Netflix, so I don't know. Is it? Do they yeah. do they drop the entire series, or they drop one at a time? How does how does that um, work? I think they're going to drop the entire series, but I'm not sure about that. I think they'll they will drop the entire series. Um, so it, it's thirteen and a half hours. So. Um, um, we'll see what happens there, really. Yeah. So people can binge it. Yeah, 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 and it's it's very bingeable. 
Okay, that's it's very, cool. very bingeable. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we're coming to the end. Uh, do yeah. you have a website, Tony? And what social media are you on? Do I have a website? Uh -huh. uh, no, I don't have a website. Um, I've avoided all that. Um, okay. I, I am on. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I am on Instagram. That's the one thing I do. That I, that, I, that is my public my public um, website or my public social, social media. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's that's just my name, Tony Tools. That's on Instagram. That's the one that I use. Uh, I use the most. Um, it's one. It's a good one to kind of check on. Um, you'll find that when I, if I am filming on a project, I will post a one photo a day from set that I'm allowed to post. Um, um, that I've always got to have it off since uh, from way back. So there's. So you'll, you'll find you know just my usual you know ramblings, um, <laughs> but. There will be, you know, there are photos from various sets um, over the period, you know, which will probably go back to the to the movie, um, primary picture of the movie. Cool. Um, there's probably photos on my Instagram account from our time in Morocco. Now, um, having said that, I tend not to post um, just because you, you know, all these shows now they're so worried about social media that you know, very rarely you're allowed to post photos of cast um, until the movie's out. Um, but yeah, if, if someone wanted to troll through those photos, there's probably some photos there from 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 sets, you know, um, you know, from the from the from various stuff. Um, I tend not to be in them because no one wants to see my um, ugly face. But um, <laughs> Tony. Uh, <laughs> but, but occasionally, yeah. But I um um I neglected to mention Miss Fisher and the Crypt of Tears, which is a really good movie. Um, unfortunately, it got hit by COVID and oh. didn't get the international opening that we were all hoping for. Um, yeah, yeah, no, that, yeah, no, that's that's a that's a bit of a sad that's you know another casualty of COVID, you know. Did did it do well in the the streaming? Do you know? Yeah, look, look, look. It's hard. Look, the the, the that's the one thing about streaming services you you can't tell. You just have no idea. I've got no idea okay. um, what happened to it. You know, um, you know. One minute we were, we were all, you know, celebrating in Palm Springs, and the next thing the world stopped turning. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so a tragedy as that is, yeah, it sort of it, we never sort of really got a full, a full chance to, you know, you know or, or people to understand. And also, look, I think one of the sad things was that people, the, the, I guess the distributors and the, Finance people never got a chance to see its popularity outside of uh, worldwide. I know the TV show does, but no one kind of it's very hard to quantify that. So I think that's one of the disappointments. I think about it because it was a really good movie. I mean, I was in Palm Springs and I was sitting next to people from the film festival who knew nothing about yeah. Miss Fisher, and they got yeah. into it. So, I mean, and my brother has only seen maybe two episodes, and he got into it. He came with me. Right. So, right. just because, you know, it's not, it, the movie's for everybody. Uh. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. I mean, that was the thing. We wanted it. It was that, it, as we said, well, I think Fiona and I and Debbie, the way Heather Foster said, we want this movie to be, you want to take your daughter and your mother and your grandmother to, you know? Um they can all enjoy it, you know. That was the idea behind it. You know? 
Yeah, and and I think it. I think you guys did. I think you guys did a great job. I thought it was great, and uh, you gave the fans. I'm not going to spoil, but you gave the fans something they really wanted at the end. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying. (laughs) So it was a great movie. No, no, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. To, it was a lot of fun to do. Um, yeah, a lot of fun. A lot of fun to 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 kind of to take that story full circle. I mean, you know, it's an it's an interesting one. But it's it's, it's, it's an interesting one. Like, you know, just on that movie is that what's interesting is the um, um, the once you've done like three seasons of a TV show, you've really explored a lot of um, a lot of themes and a lot of ideas. So it's always tricky when you have to when you're going to do a film like that with these characters that are very 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 well established um, to find uh, new and interesting ways to kind of go through that process. So that's you know so I'm glad I'm glad people like it because that was always one of our biggest challenges. Yeah, I actually you know, really to keep, like to keep, it. to keep it fresh to keep it fresh. You know what I mean? Like and not and not and and also especially as a movie that's supposed to be a one-off. Um, you you know you've got characters that come with a lot of history and a lot of baggage you know but you don't want to go back and have to re-explain that to to an audience who that there's some people who don't know the idea and some people they do and so you've got a it's a balancing act. I think Deb wrote that really well. I thought she got the yeah. I th- she got it across without making it this long drawn out thing for the people who already knew what was going on. Um, yeah. <laughs> But but in a, in, I mean a lot of it was comedic, uh, the way she brought a lot of stuff out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah. I, I thought it was really great. That, but I'm a fan, so what can I say? <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Um, anyway, we've come to the end. I want to thank you so much for taking time out of your day to chat with me. That's right. Not a problem. Very nice. Thank you for that. It was you know always enjoyable to talk. Thank you. And thank you for chatting with Sherry.